As the pseudoscience of transgenderism evolves by the day, seemingly by the hour, one Munchausen by proxy mother has offered a new category of evidence for being born in the wrong body, vegetable preferences. Had anxiety and would never sleep and we couldn't figure out what the problem was. We took him to specialists and um, neurologists and he had brain scans trying to figure out why he couldn't sleep. Um, then uh, as he grew, he got to sleeping, um, but his food choices were odd. They were always like green vegetables, raw green vegetables, which if you know kids, most kids don't like to eat those things. Um, and then the precocious puberty. Um, all of those things, once we figured out uh, that he was transgender, when he came to us and told us uh, that he was transgender, when we went back and realized that the pattern of everything um, that he had experienced as a child, including eating green vegetables because that boosts testosterone, were just methods of his body trying to become who he was meant to be. His brain does not match his physiology. The brain is part of physiology. Your brain can't not match your physiology because your brain is physical and constitutes part of your physiology. This woman has no idea what she's talking about, obviously, because she thinks her daughter is a boy because she ate vegetables. It isn't funny. It's so absurd that one is tempted to laugh until one remembers that this lunatic has done her level best to ruin her daughter's life. I mention this clip, which is a public clip. This is a woman who not only did and believes these things, but willingly admitted to it at a public forum in Louisiana over a bill that would protect kids from people like her. I mention this clip not just to make a point about transgenderism, but to make a point about belief in general. Lots of modern people consider traditional religion to be superstitious. They think that Christianity in particular is preposterous that Christianity is unfit to be the animating spirit of our nation. Christians believe in an omnipotent God and the incarnation and the redemption. How crazy is that? Yeah. And modern liberals believe that eating green vegetables means we ought to chop a person up to make him look like a grotesque caricature of the opposite sex. I'm not saying that religion isn't mysterious. But if you think Christian civilization is weird, just you wait until you experience non-Christian civilization. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. We've got a great clip out of the White House as the world falls down around us as we might be on the brink of World War III. Corinne Jean-Pierre faces the toughest question of all. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, though, which is transier, would you say, uh, spinach or Bud Light? Which is more likely to make you a little bit light in the loafers? Which is more likely to push you toward the rainbow flag? Would it be spinach? Would it be a uh, Escarole, would it be Broccoli Rob, or would it be a can of Bud Light? Bud Light is sick of the jokes. Bud Light has had enough of the jokes about them. 
And Anheuser-Busch is saying, it was just one can. This is their new, every day they have a new response. Every day you get a letter or a commercial about horses or this or that. So here's what Bud Light has said now. This is through their distributor. They say, this was one single can given to one social media influencer. It was not made for production or sale to the general public. This can is not a formal campaign or advertisement. Leave us alone. Leave Britney alone and stop it. In reality, they say, the Bud Light can was po- can posted by a social media influencer that sparked all the conversation was provided by an outside agency without Anheuser-Busch's management awareness or approval. Since that time, the lack of oversight and control over marketing decisions has been addressed and a new VP of Bud Light Marketing has been announced. Okay, great. So this is the biggest walk back we've seen yet. Certainly better than when Bud Light doubled down on the campaign, certainly better than the letter from the CEO where he basically just said, I love the military, stop boycotting us. Certainly better than the horses commercial, better even than the temporary suspension of this VP of marketing. They're saying, look, this was obviously a mistake. They're insinuating this was obviously a mistake. I don't, we did, it wasn't, it wasn't even a campaign. It wasn't even, it's not even what you think it is. Just, okay, you're so close. Say you're sorry. Say you're sorry. Say it was the wrong decision. And say, and this is the crucial part, say that men and women are different. Say that men can't really be women. Say that you oppose transgender ideology. That is the only way to fix this. You're so close. Every day, every three days, you inch a little bit closer to doing that, which would probably work, but you don't ever quite get that. You're so cautious. And you think, Bud Light, that by being cautious and clever in your language that you're going to be able to straddle the fence here. You're not. Your sales numbers are just going to get worse and worse and worse. It's not like the sales numbers declined and then they've kind of just stayed there. That would be a problem for Bud Light too. They keep declining because there's no middle road on this issue. To quote a certain speech from CPAC this year that caused a lot of consternation, there is no conciliatory middle way on the issue of transgenderism. Some issues there, there is a middle way. This one, there isn't one. Either men and women are different or they're not different. Either women get their own bathrooms or they don't get their own bathrooms. You, you, you maybe could have avoided the issue had you avoided the issue. I'm not saying that every company in America needs to go send out a statement of metaphysics and anthropology, okay? But you inserted yourself into the issue and you offended your whole customer base and you said something that's manifestly wrong and it's a... It's, it's a urgent social issue that is having harmful effects for lots and lots of people, really for everybody involved, especially for the people who've fallen prey to this confusion. So now you're in it, and the only way out is going to be through. The only way out, Bud Light, you can do it. You say, I'm sorry, we were wrong, transgenderism isn't real. Come out and say it, we'll drink Bud Light again. I I drank like three Bud Lights a year, but I'll drink Bud Light again. If if Bud Light came out and said it, it would be better to me than had Bud Light never waded into these waters in the first place. If Bud Light came out and said, we're sorry, 
this was wrong. Transgenderism is fake. Men can't really become women. I would buy more Bud Light than I did before because that would send a message to the rest of corporate America, which is that if you come out and defend the truth and sanity and reason, we will have your back. You will have an audience base there. It would encourage other companies. So do it, Bud Light. Do it. I'll buy a case or two. I don't know. I'll I'll at least talk about it. When you want to talk to your friends, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, head on over to puretalk.com slash Knowles. We all know about the big wireless cell companies out there. They lock you into these horrendous contracts. And then if you try to get out of them early, they tack on outrageous charges, which is why I love Pure Talk Wireless, where there are no hidden fees, no contracts, and no hassle. Pure Talk's U.S. customer service team has helped so many people make the switch in as little as 10 minutes. They were even able to keep their own phone number. I'm so glad that I use Pure Talk. Frankly, just the U.S.-based customer service team would be enough for me, but you get the same networks that you're using right now. You can get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data. The price is much, much lower. It's so simple. It's so easy. Head on over to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to save 50% off your first month. That is puretalk.com, promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Be like me. Use Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Speaking of middle of the road, we got all the Republican presidential candidates. We've got three presidential candidates for the Democrat Party. Joe Biden running as the 2023 liberal establishment, finger in the wind, whichever way the progressives want to go, that's the way he goes. You've got Marianne Williamson, who is the dark psychic forces, new AG candidate in the race. And then you've got RFK Jr. And RFK Jr. is running as a Democrat from the past. Here's what RFK Jr. had to say on immigration. He said, Francisco Oropisa Perez Torres has been arrested for the murder of five people, including a nine-year-old boy. Torres is a Mexican already deported four times. It is not anti-immigrant bigotry to demand an immigration system that keeps out criminals. In fact, letting them in stokes bigotry. As president, I will enforce a secure border and I will expand the kind of legal immigration that made our country great. Okay, that's a perfectly reasonable position if you're a Democrat from the 1960s. But that is not the position today of modern Democrats or modern Republicans. People want more than just stopping illegal immigration. The Democrats want mass, mass migration. The federal government came out yesterday, said that we're looking at 10,000 border crossers per day. So that's what over three and a half million people per year, in addition to the million legal immigrants who come in. Democrats want, they want even more than that. They want to flood the country with foreign nationals. They think it redounds to their political benefit. The Republicans say, no, we don't, we don't want any illegal immigration. A lot of Republicans are now finally beginning to talk about restricting legal immigration too. And then you look at public opinion surveys, the vast majority of people, including lots of Democrats, want to drastically reduce not only illegal, but legal immigration too. According to a Harvard-Harris poll that I keep, uh, I keep bringing up on the show, because that poll, unlike a lot of polls on immigration, asked precise questions so it wasn't just this sort of poll, do you like immigrants or are you a bigot? <laughs> you know, it was a poll that got into numbers. 
and they asked, what is the ideal number of immigrants per year? People said numbers like half a million. A half a million is very different from what we're looking at right now. Three million, four million, five million, who knows? There's, there's, there's no 1960s Democrat lane in this race. You've got to pick a side. And, and conservatives and Republicans sometimes fall into the same trap that Bobby Kennedy Jr. is falling into, which is you think, well, let me just rewind the clock 20 years. Let me just rewind the clock in this case, 50 or 60 years. And then we're just going to freeze time there. But that's not how time works. That's not how politics works. Ideas have consequences and power, and they have a movement, and history has a movement. And so you, you can't just rewind the clock and then go back to where you were with exactly the same premises. You're going to end up in very likely the same place that you are right now. So we need to think, okay, what's the purpose of immigration? Is the purpose of immigration to do justice to the people around the world, or is the purpose of immigration to help our country? You're going to have very different immigration policies. Who sets immigration policy? Is it some liberal apparatchiks who are unaccountable to the people? Okay, then you're going to get millions and millions of immigrants every year. Who sets immigration policy? The people? Well, if it's the people, then you want to not only get rid of illegal, you want to drastically reduce legal as well. It is not the 1960s. You can't freeze time. You can't freeze history. It's important for politicians to know what time it is. I applaud Bobby Kennedy for trying to bring his party into a saner place. It's not there. It's not going there anytime soon. So your options are where the modern progressive Democrats are or the Republicans and the conservatives. And we need them to be clearer as well. Speaking of immigration, do you know how many illegal aliens are waiting to flood into our country in about six days? 700,000. There are 700,000 foreign nationals in Mexico right now who are waiting for Title 42 to expire on May 11th to flood into our country. This is according to well, this is according even to the federal government. We're looking at a, the, the number of people that would constitute the city of Boston or my own city, the city of Nashville, waiting to flood into the country, Title 42. So that's, okay, you're going to get 700,000 then, then you're going to get another, what, 10,000 per day. Where does it end? Where does it end? It ends with Democrats just replacing the American people. I don't, I know you're not allowed to say that. I don't, I don't know what the politically correct term is because you, the Democrats told me you can't refer to replacement theory, whatever replacement theory is. Okay. Well, what do you call it when you intentionally flood hundreds of thousands of people into the country? And, and furthermore, what is the point of having a military? Is the point of having a military so that we can go invade Libya and so that we can go and fight a war in Ukraine and so that we can go into Iraq and Syria? Or is the point of having a military to protect our country? Because if stopping 700,000 foreigners from invading our country is not a good use of the military, I don't really know what is. Speaking of law enforcement, I meant to get to this story yesterday. It's the one that everyone on the left is talking about. That would be Jordan Neely. Jordan Neely was a homeless guy who was arrested 40 plus times. I think it was 44 times in New York for uh, things like public lewdness, 
for assaulting a senior citizen, so for pretty serious stuff. And then he was on the subway. He was behaving in a way that, according to eyewitnesses, was hostile and erratic. And so uh, someone intervened to protect the people on the subway. A lot of people get hurt on the subway. I've ridden the New York City subway many, many times. And I've seen people acting violent. I've seen people threatening people. Increasingly in New York, you're seeing people physically harming others. And New York doesn't do anything about it. The cops are largely told to stand down. And then sometimes when the cops do arrest people, the DAs, the the Soros-funded prosecutors, let them off the hook. So you you take your life in your hands now in certain parts of New York, in certain parts of the subway system. So what happened? A few guys go in, they subdue the guy. But uh, Jordan Neely dies in the process. What does AOC say? AOC says, Jordan Neely was murdered. But because Jordan was houseless and crying for food, in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping services to militarize itself, while many in power demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with passive headlines and no charges. It's disgusting. I don't want to sound callous in any way here. Homeless people in New York do not want for food. That is not a thing. I am very sympathetic to the plight of homeless people. I think that what we have done with regard to homeless policy is, is awful. It's a complete abdication of duty. It's the fault, especially of the left, but of the right as well. It's the fault of an idea that we in a political community uh, have no obligation to our fellow citizens and the, the idea that we have no right to interfere with the uh, behavior of fellow citizens, even when those fellow citizens are mentally ill or addicted to drugs. The conservatives sometimes have said, well, you know, they'll figure it out. That's the worst version of conservatives. But the left for a very long time has said, well, you have no right to stop a man from doing drugs. You have no right to involuntarily commit a mentally ill man. You have no, homeless people have the right to live on the street. That's no right. That's a, that's a way to die. That's a way to, to be killed in an altercation. That's a way to die of a drug overdose. It's a way to die of exposure. So I am totally sympathetic. But all of that is prefaced to say, if you are a homeless person in New York, you will be offered 10,000 sandwiches a day. And what happens is when you offer homeless people sandwiches in New York, sometimes they'll say, okay, thanks. And you go, you get them a sandwich, maybe you chat a little bit. A lot of the time they'll, they won't want it because what they really want is money for drugs. What they really want is money for whatever else. They don't actually want the food. So AOC is saying, he was man, he was crying out for a loaf of bread. But that's, of course, not not what happened. If you've you've been arrested 44 times, don't you think the time might come to say, okay, buddy, we're not going to let you out this time because you can't take care of yourself. And so you don't have the ability to exercise your liberty and we're going to get you the help that you need. But no, that doesn't happen. And so when there's not a regular, authoritative, trained force to help in these matters, People are going to protect themselves. Or they're not, and some senior citizen's going to get assaulted again. Or they're not, and someone's going to get stabbed on the subway. But then these guys come in, and they take care of this threat, and then the guy sadly dies, and now we've got the next George Floyd riots. The only thing that, that surprised me about this story is it's a little bit early. Wouldn't you say it's a little bit early? It's only May of 2023. The election's not until November of 2024. So the libs are going to try to create a new George Floyd situation. And they're going to impel protests and riots. And they're going to try to intimidate Republicans with their shock troop activists on the ground. 
and they're going to try to burn buildings down. They're going to try to threaten businesses and they're going to try to do all the same stuff that they always do because we're headed into a presidential election year. Just seems a little early. Can you, if they're pulling this kind of stuff now, if AOC is pulling this game now, can you imagine, can you imagine what it's going to look like in a year? By the way, the autopsy of Neely showed no fracture to his hyoid bone, which can, it doesn't always, but it can indicate homicide by strangulation. So they're going to have more tests to reveal how he died. But it, he, it's, it is ruled a homicide now. They are going to have to prosecute these guys because the mob, which doesn't care for truth, demands it. If you, along with tens of millions of people, watched Netflix's hit show, Making a Murderer, then you are going to love Daily Wire Plus's new exclusive 10-part series with Candace, Convicting a Murderer, coming this summer. Whether it's exposing Black Lives Matter or certain fallacies in the healthcare industry regarding COVID, Candace is unafraid to challenge the narrative. She'll find the truth wherever it leads. When Candace found out that key facts may have been omitted in Netflix's series, she set out to uncover the truth behind the notorious Stephen Avery case. And the end result, which is coming soon, is a series called Convicting a Murderer. You will not want to miss it. Right now, there has never been a better time to become a Daily Wire Plus member. Sign up now for Convicting a Murderer. You will receive an early bird discount of 35% off your Daily Wire Plus membership. Don't wait until the series comes out this summer because this deal won't last long. You will also get all of the other premium content from Daily Wire Plus, including The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, What is a Woman, and Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's series on the book of Exodus. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to become a member and see the truth when it finally comes out. My favorite comment yesterday is from Games with a Jump, who says, as a white man living in Texas who recently came out as a black woman living in California, I could not be happier. Congratulations. I too will be planning that transition if and when the official reparations program goes into effect. And I might also identify as a twin. And maybe that 1.2 million, maybe that can become 2.4 million. Speaking of the police, the Nashville PD is continuing to stonewall on the manifesto of the trans-identifying shooter who shot up a Christian elementary school. I have been defending the Nashville PD in part because of the heroic actions of the officers, but in part because I know that this is a politically tough case for them, and I know that they've got the FBI breathing down their necks. Even though the FBI, the Memphis field office, told the Daily Wire in the days after the shooting that the FBI really has no jurisdiction here. There's no evidence that the FBI should be involved. But then all of a sudden we find out the FBI is involved and there are all of these issues about releasing the manifesto. For virtually every other one of these shootings where there is a manifesto, we get to read the manifesto. We especially get to read the manifesto if it's an angry, straight white guy who is in any way right wing. But in this case, where... All signs seem to point to transgenderism being uh, the ideological factor in the shooting. Here, we, we don't get the manifesto. So what are they saying? They say, due to pending litigation filed this week, the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department has been advised by counsel to hold in abeyance the release of records related to the shooting at the Covenant School per pending orders or direction of the court. Okay. Why do they have to hold it? What's the litigation? The litigation is from the Tennessee Firearms Association trying to get the manifesto out. So they're saying that the Tennessee Firearms Association 
asserts that the police wrongly denied public records requests. And so they want to get the manifesto out. And the Nashville PD is trying not to release the manifesto. And then they now, their, their excuse now as to why they won't release the manifesto is that there's pending litigation about why they won't release the manifesto. So this is obviously a purely political matter. And the, the political leadership that is preventing the Nashville PD from doing the right thing should be ashamed of itself. And we should see the manifesto, period. Okay. Now, two stories I really want to get to from the, the federal government itself. One is, you know, they're always going after the libs are always going after Clarence Thomas. They hate Clarence Thomas. They're saying Clarence Thomas is bought and paid for. He's bribed. He went on a fancy vacation with some Republican guy, and therefore he has to quit the Supreme Court. They say, oh, Clarence Thomas, he, he knows people in politics, and this is a terrible conflict of interest. Okay, well, how about this? This was a story broken by the Daily Wire and Luke Rosiak. Liberal Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor took $3 million from Penguin Random House, her book publisher, and uh, she refused to recuse herself from cases involving that publisher. You say, uh, you know, a conservative donor took Clarence Thomas on a, on a vacation to his woodland resort. I don't know, what's the, what's the value of that? I don't know, probably not a ton of money, but whatever it is, you know. Is it $3 million? And then has Thomas been dealing with litigation involving that donor and not recused himself? And no, of course, it's always whatever the libs accuse the conservatives of. They did it better. Now, no one cares. No one cares about the hypocrisy. So that's not going to affect anything at all. It's just good to have this in our quiver. This is a really great story. Great job on Luke for, for uncovering this. Uh, the next time they go after Clarence Thomas, which will probably be Monday, this is the great story to pull out and diffuse that. And uh, speaking of the libs not being able to answer questions, Corinne Jean-Pierre not known as the greatest White House press secretary in history. We're on the brink, potentially, of World War III. You've got a drone attack on the Kremlin to kill Vladimir Putin. You're seeing the U.S. involvement in Ukraine has ramped up. You're seeing the economy collapsing. You're seeing runs on banks. You're seeing 700,000 migrants at the border. Biden's got a lot to answer for, but he can't even answer the basic questions. Joe Biden won't even answer how many grandchildren he has. He has very cruelly refused to acknowledge his seventh grandchild because she was born out of wedlock and she's Hunter Biden's daughter. So we finally had a reporter ask Karine Jean-Pierre about this. Here's what the White House said. I wanted to ask about the trial going on in Arkansas with Hunter Biden and the child support. Are the president and first lady monitoring that? And how come they haven't acknowledged the seventh grandchild? I'm not going to speak to that from here. Why not? I'm not going to speak to that from here. Ask this question every day. I know it seems like a trivial point, and in the grand scheme of politics, I suppose it's not the most important issue, but it's just so nasty what Biden's doing. It's just so cruel what this guy has done. Imagine you're this little girl, and your grandfather is the president of the United States, and he refuses to acknowledge you. And he's a forgetful guy, so when people do remind him, he just refuses to acknowledge. Imagine growing up like that. Being told, not only does your father not want you, and your father's a complete degenerate, Hunter Biden, but that your grandfather, who's supposed to be the good guy, who's the president of the United States, something you could be really proud of, even though you've got a kind of a difficult background. And then this guy says, I want nothing to do with you. 
I don't even acknowledge your existence, granddaughter. That's such a cruel, ugly thing. And it really cuts against the nice guy. Good old Uncle Joe. Give me an ice cream cone to lick Jack. I'm a normal guy. Come on, I'm likable. Good old Joe. It really cuts against that reputation. It's a nasty, nasty thing to do. I, I hope they hold his feet to the fire. And I hope that they force Biden to do the right thing. Absolutely. Now, putting political pressure on the White House, putting political pressure on Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and really great news coming out of St. Louis. Looks like a George Soros-funded prosecutor, Kim Gardner, is going to have to step down as St. Louis circuit attorney. Why? Because she engaged in one too many obviously politically motivated prosecutions, and so there's a lot of pressure on her right now to step down. She is insisting that she's being targeted. She, she is insisting that all of this political pressure, it's forcing her uh, not to be able to do her job as a prosecutor, and it's totally unjust. But the fact is, if she had the political capital to survive, she would, but she hasn't because she's bad at her job. She's not serving the people that she's supposed to serve, and the Republicans finally have enough force that we can get her out of it. Great stuff. I love it. I know that the squishes are going to hate this, they're going to say, we shouldn't be politicizing the Justice Department and prosecutions. Yes, we should. We need to wield all of the political power that we possibly can right now because the libs control everything. No more Mr. Nice Guy. We've got to force these prosecutors out of office. We've got to tax the university endowments. We've got to, to beef up defamation law so we can go after the liberal media. We've got to beef up antitrust so we can go after big tech. We need to do everything. It's got to be a full, we've got to build our own economy. We've got to build our own institutions. We've got to boycott Bud Light. I don't want to hear about, listen, I don't want my companies to be involved in politics at all. I just, well, the libs are going to force that. So as Oren McIntyre has put it very well, he says, the party that wants to win is always going to beat the party that wants to be left alone. So you've got the left in this country forcing the corporations to adopt their insane ideas. And then you've got the right saying, I just don't, I don't want any kind of politics. Then the corporations are just inevitably going to move to the left. That's why this boy, but Bud Light boycott is so great. No, we've got to go further. We've got to Stop suffering from this failure of imagination. We've got to say, hey, Bud Light, staying out of politics, that's no longer good enough. Come out and say, transgenderism is fake. Say you're sorry for adopting it. Insinuate at the very least that it's bad for society, especially bad for the kids who are being chopped up by Munchausen by proxy mothers who think the green vegetables turn you trans. Cut it out. Enough. No more Mr. Nice Guy. We need to be Mr. Good Guy. We need to be Mr. Just Guy. We need to be Mr. Ordered Society Guy. We shouldn't just be nice and allow very bad people and ideas to ruin our country. Now we're going to turn to some very good people, the very good people in our mailbag. This mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter code Knowles to get 50% off your first month. They gave me a telephone on set today. I, don't, I kind of like the idea. Can I ring, ring, ring? Give me the first voicemail. Hey, Michael, this is the Iowa Conservative. I'm 25 years old and my wife is 24. Not really we have uh, three kids, four and under. My wife is currently a stay-at-home mom. And my question to you is, is uh, I currently work from home. I make 85 to 95 a year. I'm, you know, climbing the ladder, um, getting promotions and everything. But if I do take the next promotion... Um, and keep on climbing this ladder, it will require overnights. Not a lot of overnights, maybe like once a month or once every other month, uh, but it's still time away from the home and from the family. Uh, overall, it's obviously going to be more money, better job, better pay, uh, everything like that. Uh, or do I stay at home 
working from home for a few years and am around uh, for my child's younger years. What's your take on this? I need one extra piece of information, which is, are you saying that the difference is right now you're working from home 100% of the time, but if you get the new job, you're going to be working from home some of the time, but you're also going to be working overnight somewhere else some of the time? Or is it you're working from home now and the, the new job would require you're in the office all the time and sometimes you're there overnight too? The reason that matters is it, it's just a totally different lifestyle between working from home and not working from home. If it were me, you know what I would do. I would take the job. I work a lot of overnights. I travel around the country. I'm traveling right now. And I, I don't love to do it. I try to minimize it. Uh, but if you're saying it's going to be one or two nights a, a month, and that's going to give you a substantially higher salary and, more importantly, put you on a path to, to make more money and have a, have a bigger job down the line, yeah, I would say that's a no-brainer to me. Because you're, you're making decent money. You're making 85, 90 grand a year. That's good money. But four kids, what happened? Five kids, six kids. I don't know how many kids you're going to get. I mean, it seems like you're on the right track. So that, that money can go away pretty quickly, especially now that under Joe Biden's inflation policies, a cup of coffee costs like $72. So, so I would probably do that. The only argument against it, I would say, because I'm also pretty traditional in that I like the idea that man goes out, brings home the bacon. You know, he doesn't need to be home all day. I think sweet little Elise would get sick of it if I were home all day. Uh, but the, the question is, if we're talking about, okay, this, this new job is you're really at the office all the time, and then in addition to that overnight as well, what is the additional cost going to be to you for childcare? Maybe you need someone to help out with the kids during the daytime hours every now and again. Maybe you consider that. Uh, maybe you consider how... Maybe you just consider how important your career is to you. If you were making no money, I'd say, go get a real job. Come on. But you're making decent money. So I would, I would lean toward take the job. But it's not a science. It's not a totally even cut thing. You've got to analyze all of the particulars. Next one. Hi, Michael. Big fan of the show. Really appreciate all that you do. So I just finished with a nice vegan propaganda documentary and it led me to an interesting thought that I think you might find pretty interesting as well. In Genesis, it talks about before the fall of man, how there was no death in the garden. Now, if there was no death in the garden, I'm assuming that would also mean animals. And since animals need to die in order to be eaten, would that mean that Adam and Eve were vegans? Look forward to your uh, thoughts. Thanks. I don't see why they'd have to be vegans. I guess they were probably vegetarians. That is my read on the garden. Because you don't really see anyone eating meat until after the flood. Uh, which doesn't... In, in, suggest that it's wrong to eat meat. Just a fact of where we are in history now. But yeah, in the Garden of Eden, I assumed they were vegetarians, but why can't they get the milk out? There's no death, but you'd probably get like a little milk out of the cow, right? You'd probably get cheese. You'd probably get eggs. No, there's no defense of veganism. There's zero defense. There's some days one can be vegetarian. Fridays, it's a good day not to eat meat. Maybe eat some fish or something, but no, that's true. Then after the flood, we get meat. And now we're making up for lost time with good ranchers. Okay, next one. 
Hello, Michael, otherwise Nostradamus. This is Holly McLean. Username is Mommy Answer Lady. And I have a question that you can settle among your Knowles It Alls on Facebook. The question has arisen of whether you would prefer your newly forming cult to go by Knowles It Alls or Creme de la Creme. The dilemma is that you refer to all those who are members of the Daily Wire and listen to the members block of your show as Creme de la Creme. But there are some who are joining the cult who are not members of Daily Wire. So, do you wish your loyal followers to be called Knowles It Alls, meaning all who want to enter the cult, whether DW subscribers or not, or Creme de la Creme, meaning only those who are members of Daily Wire and can hear the members block? And if the latter, should we change the name of the Facebook group from Knowles It Alls to Creme de la Creme? Love the show, Michael. Knowles It Alls for life. Thank you very much. Very important question. Uh, I guess if we're talking about my cult, I would moderate, I would model it after that Nexium cult. You remember the Nexium one that was in the news like four or five years ago? Because the Nexium cult, it was a cult, but then there was a cult within a cult. So it was Nexium, and then I forget what the, the inner one was. And Nexium was just broadly kind of weird. And then the inner cult was dungeons and whips and chains and sex stuff. So no, I'm not, which I, I'm not suggesting or encouraging occur in this case. Uh, but I mention it because perhaps the uh, broader category, you know, the cult that kind of pulls people in, that could be the Knowles at alls. And then that inner circle without the weird sex stuff could be the, the creme de la creme or vice versa. I don't know. That's not up to me. Okay. I don't take on the day-to-day managerial responsibilities of the cult. I simply want to be the, the guru, you know, like that Indian guy in the Midwest or, but, and I, and I cannot stress this enough without the weird sex stuff, but thank you. I'm, I'm very excited to know what you decide upon for this uh, important matter. Okay. Next one. Hi, Michael. I didn't grow up religious at all. I wasn't baptized and never went to church. I'm now 25 and I want to explore religion, but I'm finding it hard. Every time I take a step into religion, I get so overwhelmed and realize that there's so much that I don't know or that I don't understand. I only know two people who say that they have a relationship with God and both of them have different views and beliefs. Do you have any advice for me on how to stop feeling so overwhelmed and any tips on how to go from a firm atheist to believing in God? Also, thank you for the work you do. And I think listening to you has helped me realize that religion should be an important part of society. Wonderful. I'm so pleased to hear all of that. The advice I give people now is not the advice that I took exactly, but I'll just give it to you because I, I, I've heard it is helpful for a lot of people, is just start by praying. I especially love to pray the rosary. I think the rosary is a wonderful prayer. Um, so you could, you could begin with that. How did it work for me, though? I was in a similar situation from you. It's sad. I mean, you were truly raised without any religion. I was raised with some religion, but I, I fell away from it at age 13. And so here's what I would do if it were me. Though I think probably for most people, Praying is, that, that's probably the smarter, like, quicker way to do it. I took a very long time here. I first became convinced that God exists, and I was convinced that God exists by the many arguments for God's existence. Thomas Aquinas's five ways, the ontological argument, there are all sorts of arguments for the existence of God. 
The, the arguments for the existence of God, I think, are quite persuasive. I've never seen any good argument against the existence of God, in, even including the problem of pain, the odyssey, which is, which is probably the nearest thing to an argument against God. Okay, so God exists. Then the question is, who is God? What is God like? And of the theistic religions, uh, you've got Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. You've got, there are these sort of Manichaean dualist religions of a good force and an evil force. But the arguments for God don't really lend themselves to that. I, that's just nonsense. So, okay, you got Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Seems like a good place to start. Might be to read the Bible or attend church where the, where the Bible is read liturgically and within the tradition. But you go through that and then you say, okay, God exists. God is like the God of the Bible. Now you've got to deal with the person of Christ. Is Christ who he says he is? Uh, I confronted that problem, I don't know, about maybe 23 years old or something. And I concluded, yes, he is. Uh, C.S. Lewis writes beautifully about this in a modern way. For Mere Christianity was a book that was important when I was reverting. And so I say, okay, yes, Jesus is who he says he is. And uh, then you have to confront, okay, well, what is his church like? Is his church what the Catholic Church says it is? Is his church like any of the Protestant denominations say that it is? Is it, what's the church like? And I, I reverted greatly under the influence of a lot of Protestant theologians and speakers. So, you know, I, and writer like C.S. Lewis. Um, so obviously, you know, I have a great deal of respect for our Protestant friends, but I ultimately concluded that the church is what the church says she is, that, that the Catholic church is real. And so I reverted to that. That was a process that took me like five or six years no, I'm sorry. It took me, <laughs> I was, for that was from the moment I started to think about it again. Really, it was a process that took me about 10 years if you started at age 13. So probably the faster way is to just pray to God and ask for grace. But if you want the process that did work for me and is a, similar to the situation that you're in, that's what I would do. Okay, we've got a lot of written mailbag. Got to get to it. Some really, really good spicy questions this week. And then it's Fake Headline Friday. I need your help to uh, analyze the headlines here and figure out the fake ones so that I can beat Mr. Davies. The, the show continues now. Dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use promo code Knowles. Get two months free on all annual plans. See you there.